Hey, Curtis. Hey, Oz. What do you got for us this week? Oh, we got a treat this week, Oz. We've got Let's Go to Prison. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Plus an episode of ER. Sprinkle in some Master of Disguise. Ooh. And top it all off with a heaping slice of Chicago deep dish pizza. <laughs> this week, we're watching The Fugitive. Chicago, <laughs> Chicago pizza. Yeah, we were talking last week just about. Uh, oh my gosh, like how Chicago this right, movie is. Like, it's like uh, what I what what do you think the casting call looked like? Was it just <laughs> meat meathead? <laughs> do you like Italian beef? Right. Do you have a big bushy mustache? Right, right. Do you wear t-shirts to Bears games? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you have an inkling for Mike Dicker? Right. It's like oh man. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's yeah, definitely, definitely for sure. It it uh, it hits the Lou Malnati's. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, come get a slice of Giordano's. Uh, and then stick around, stick around for a viewing at a fugitive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, only apply if you can eat a full pizza of Giordano's. Yeah. <laughs> like only apply. So. Bash the Giordano. <laughs> Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Let's Talk About Flicks, the podcast where we take a monthly theme, but this month being good movies based on TV shows, mm -hmm. and we discuss it and have some fun with it. I'm one of your hosts, Oz. I'm the other host, Curtis. And we do want to give a shout out to Pandora subscribers, Don S, Aaron A, and May Decay. Thank you for your patronage, for Thank sure. Thank you. Uh, Curtis, is there anybody you'd like to shout out? I'm going to shout out the score 670 personality, Mark Grody. A uh, big fan of Harrison Ford. Whenever Mark Grody is on the score, I always uh, really, really enjoy when he delves into his Harrison Ford-isms. And so, uh, so Mark Grody, this episode is for you. Yeah. You find that man. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think we did. So we found yes. Mark Grody. We found Mark Grody. Oh, well, this, this is your week. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to peel yes. back the onion of this cast. Um, and it's, it's a fun one. Uh, yeah. It's there's some names that pop up in here that you're like, okay, all right, yeah. and then and then they're gone like immediately. Mm -hmm. um, so we start off with our main feature man here, Harrison Ford playing Doctor Richard Kimball. Richard um, Kimball, you know he is he's in virtually every scene, and if he's yeah, not yeah. in every scene, then every scene is about him. Mm -hmm. um, and so his he's he's your uh, he's your He's your chase down man. See, he's on a mission, and I'll let you get into the mission on the plot. Yes. But he's he's the he's like the third leg of uh, of a relay race, and that he's chasing someone, and he's also being chased. Um, so, our other lead in this movie is Deputy U.S. Marshal Sam Gerard, played by Tommy Lee Jones, played exquisitely by yes. Tommy Lee Jones. And his I don't care in his Academy Award winning for uh, yeah, which. I understand because he was the um, oh as, like supporting actor in the movie. Yes, I would I would almost argue he's just as much the main character as Kimball was. Yeah. Um, well, in, in the, the opening uh, the opening credits, uh, which take like fifteen minutes right. by the way. But, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but the but the very first like the title cards, it's Harrison, Harrison. Ford, <laughs> Tommy Lee, Jones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bobby Joe. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it is. It was we're gonna fill your screen from top to bottom, left to right, with yeah. the word Ford. <laughs> Harrison Ford. <laughs> so, but yeah, so we've got those two as as pretty much our co leads. Even though Harrison Ford is your is your main billing here. Uh, yes. Tommy Lee Jones, in my opinion, outacted him every step of the way. Well, there's a reason he took home the Oscar. Oh, for sure, for sure. I was I was just looking pre-show. I was looking at some of the other people they were thinking of casting there. And it was like John Voight, uh, Gene Hackman. Where I could see Gene Hackman. I could see Hackman. Yeah. I could see. But, Hackman. but like like Kevin Costner, Mel Gibson. Like no, 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 no. no. no I, I John Voight at this point in his career, like at this time, possibly. Um, because he's not quite at Anaconda level yet. I would just you beat me to it as as long as it's John Voight as his character from Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would even take John Voight as um as the football coach of Varsity Blues, <laughs> uh, as Sam Gerard. <laughs> but, but but I but I know I know John Voight does have successful credits in his acting yeah. stable. Yeah, they're there they're there someplace. Someplace. So uh, yeah. we also have Sella Ward as a yeah. very brief but yet it's very important role as uh, Richard Kimball's wife Helen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is right hand man. Uh, your like eighties nineties movies every man Joe Pantoliano. Joey Pants. The guy is everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it, like it's just everywhere. Um, I, obviously, this he was of course in you know a very important role in Goonies, a very important role in Memento, a very important role in um, The Matrix. The, the Matrix. It's mm-hmm. like the guy's everywhere, and everything he does is great. It's like. Mm-hmm. He's very much like he falls into that like, like um, I don't know, uh, Steve Buscemi, you know, sure. of, of a stable of actors. And like mm-hmm. you'll recognize him, uh, and he'll do an outstanding job. Yeah. And th- but he's never going to be a lead anywhere. No. Um, we have uh, some other players here. We got Jerry and Crabbe as Dr. Charles Nichols. Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. We'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, he's gonna come back up later. Yeah, Andreas Katsoulis as Frederick Sykes, uh, who looks very Chicago as well. Somehow he looks a little bit everywhere. <laughs> he's he looks Italian. He looks Greek. He looks Chicago. Um, he looks Chicago. We've got we've got other U.S. Mar- or deputy U.S. Marshals in there. We're just whatever. Uh, Julianne Moore pops in. Yes, yep. We got uh, an early Julianne Moore in a very just brief. Role, um, mm-hmm. uh, we we got we got the great Jane Lynch showing up. Yes, Jane Lynch. I I, I for a moment for a hot second I thought about throwing like Best in Show into my right. Marriage. Yeah, but it's a, her role was so brief and non comedic. I mean, you could tell yeah. it was like early career. I'll just get mm-hmm. what I can get. But yep. a speaking role, like she had lines. Yeah, yeah. She's um, in two different scenes. And so yeah, we've got I mean, there's it, and then just a bunch of cops like. We got yeah. good. We got like city cops. We got U.S. Marshal cops. I mean, that's really what we got. A couple of other prisoners that don't matter. Outside of, um, oh, I don't know the, the actor's name, but he's he created the jump to conclusion mat. Um, <laughs> that's right. In office space, it's a jump to conclusion mat. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I just I don't remember his name as an actor, but I always enjoy finding him yeah. in the film as well. And Lester Holt as newscaster. Uh, yes, and Lester Holt is there. <laughs> Channel Two's own Lester Holt. Lester Holt. So. Lester Holt on the scene. Uh, but yeah, we, my my two favorite of those cops. 
I think the actors' names are Ron Dean and Joseph Casala. Yeah. Apparently, apparently Andrew Davis casts them a lot. Oh, really? Andrew Davis is a Chicago filmmaker, and these well, guys, and, and as you said before, are basically the walking embodiment yes. of Chicago. <laughs> they look like they, they, if you look at one of them, and you're like, yeah, half the people here look like him, and then you turn and look at the other guy, and look, and the other half look like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't want ketchup on my hot dog. That's I. I, I it's like you have tomatoes, right? Um, yeah, and like even I, I looked over here, like even a very early role for Scrubs janitor Neil Flynn. Yes, Neil Flynn, Jan Etor, as his yeah. character is named in Scrubs. Yeah, it's like, but it's like you just see there. There's a lot of those, like yes. you know, those guys. Like I've seen that. Oh, I've seen that person. I've seen her before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's it. It's it's you've got Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones, and a bunch of that guy. Yeah. Basically, uh, yeah. So, all right, that's that's it for the cast here. What do you got for a plot? Uh, as far as the plot of the fugitive, this is a, this movie's over two hours long. Yeah. Right? So I'll do my best to, to condense this and, and just hit the high spots. Uh, we start on uh, the Chicago skyline because this is clearly a Chicago movie, and Helen Kimball in black and white is wrestling with the one-armed man. Uh, she's shot, and the black and white colors invert Oz. Yeah, Trick, tricky filmmaking, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, whenever you can reverse the negative on film, you know you're in the late '80s, early '90s. Yes, <laughs> whether whether it's a music video or <laughs> like, because that's about the extent of like, look, our special effects budget is low, but watch this. <laughs> they they just cut cut Paula Abdul out of the final cut of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I will I, I will say this though, I really enjoy like this movie. You're late to dinner with this movie. Like, um, you show up, you don't have to wait to order. Like, the food's on the table. Yeah, you know, it's right. and, it throws you right in. Yeah, and, and like uh-huh. like you said, even during the opening credit, you're not really sure what you're watching. You're thrust into it that quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, it all materializes, you know, very quick. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, mm-hmm. There wasn't any buildup. You know, it wasn't like, meet our, meet our cast, and let's see what they're up to. It's like, hey, here's Cell Award. Hey, they're what sell award. Yeah, and she's dead. <laughs> yeah, and the credits aren't even over. Like, yeah. not even, barely even started yet. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we meet Doctor Kimball. He's being walked out by by the two most Chicago investigators there oh, yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, news reporters are there. We flash back to the Kimballs. They were at uh, at a big uh, like fundraiser dinner that evening. Doctor Nichols is there. Uh, on the drive back, uh, it's Kimball's wife. They didn't drive together, so Kim- Kimball got a call. Uh, he had to go to the hospital to help with a surgery, so they didn't arrive back at home at the same time. At the station, the detectives are questioning him. He admits they own a gun. She scratched him while he tried moving her, so like his skin is under her fingernails. He says he fought Oz with a one-armed man. Yeah, six-fingered man. <laughs> <laughs> fought with Christopher Guest. My name is uh, Richard Kibble. You killed my wife. Prepare to die. <laughs> Prepare to die. <laughs> uh, he says, you know, during this interview, his, his, my, my wife's family is wealthy, and he's the sole beneficiary. And yeah, the, it's and uh, you really see where this is going. It's like they should have like cut to clipboard cop is holding with a bunch of check boxes, like yep. check, <laughs> check, <laughs> rich wife, check. Sole beneficiary, uh, check. Like it's, it is. It's like skin under fingernails, check. Right. It's like everything that that you would have to incriminate yourself with, or yes. your motives are right there. Mm-hmm. 
uh, he becomes upset when they insinuate that he killed his wife, and he starts sobbing, and that's Oz where we get Mark Grody's favorite line. You find that man! You find him! You, you find that man! It was a one-armed man! <laughs> at the, at where, we're then thrust to the trial. The detectives say there was no forced entry, nothing was stolen, his prints are all over the gun and the bullets. There is a 911 call of Helen saying, please help me, he's trying to kill me, Richard. Right. Hard yeah. To, oh, yeah. 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 It's, like, it's pretty clear cut. I mean, yep. and and it is nice because, <clears throat> excuse me, so many times, and we've watched you and I've watched a lot of movies mm-hmm. where where the law enforcement is just dumb. Yeah, you know, and it's like we watch it, and there's no questioning. You know, it's like so much work is done in a lot of other movies to make the make the police officers look like bumbling idiots. Yeah, that I give a lot of props to you know uh, uh, to the screenwriter and story and whatever and you know even director of like we're gonna make this look pretty airtight to where you don't blame the law enforcement. It's the, it's hard to argue against yeah, the evidence that's yeah. presented, and and it's so even when we know that he's innocent, to see especially the Chicago cops keep leaning on the he's guilty like. You, you like you said you can't really fault him for it because every every finger points at Richard Kimball. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah, uh, he's sentenced to a federal penitentiary and death by lethal injection. Yeah, uh, we cut to as the the opening credits finally start to come to a close here, like fifteen minutes later, he's being transported by bus down to downstate Illinois uh, with three other inmates. While they're on the bus, the other three inmates start making eye contact with each other. Like, uh oh, something's yeah. up. Oh, yeah. yeah Kimball yeah. has kind of a look of panic on his face, like, what's about to happen? It's like con bus. Yeah. <laughs> John Malkovich is there. <laughs> right, yeah. Dave, Dave Chappelle is there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Steve Buscemi. John there. Leguizamo. They're all there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> White tank top Nicholas Cage. That's right. There. Someone uh, stole his bunny. Like, it's yeah. weird. Like, you wouldn't think you'd see Kimball on this flight, but he was there. No, they were all there. It was, it was, it was an interesting intersection. Uh, so one of the, the inmates starts starts choking and, and kind of like vomiting all over himself. One of the guards comes back to check on him, and this inmate who was choking shivs him. Yeah. He, he had a shiv with him, shivs him. Second guard rushes in with a shotgun, shoots that guy, shoots just, the inmate. Just who's, blasts him away. Just, yeah, just, just right point blank in the chest. So yeah. He's gone. And it, of course, an inadvertent shotgun blast takes out the driver because that's what happens in <laughs> right. these movies. Yeah, Pe- yeah, people in the back wrestle over over a weapon, and the driver gets shot. It's like, a direct, he, like direct hit. <laughs> yeah, right there. He slaps I, over. Yeah, I don't know why they always hire like prison bus drivers to have like bullet vacuums. <laughs> <laughs> Just sucks it right. Oh, out. it does right at him. So the bus rolls off a hill. Um, the second guard, uh, like it com- finally comes to arrest. The second guard throws Kimball the cuff keys, like uncuff yourself and help help my my partner. Uh, and of course, as they come to rest on train tracks, yeah. And there's a giant freight train bearing down on them. Kimball asks the other inmate Copeland to help him, but he just runs off. Yeah. Um, they eventually, the Kimball gets gets the hurt guard out. Uh, the other guard has already run off as well. The, yeah, the, yeah. The one with the shotgun. Yeah, they jumped to conclusion, Matt. Inventor. Yes, yeah. He, he jumped to his conclusion <laughs> off the train. <laughs> Maybe that's where he got the idea. Yeah, probably. I have an idea. <laughs> Mike Judge, hear me out. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And we get one of those iconic sh- There's a couple of really iconic yeah. shots from this movie. We get the one right here while Kimball is is running away down the tracks from the from the train as it's barreling down on him. Uh, and so eventually he gets out of the way. Uh, Copeland actually helps him out after uh, the dust has settled a little bit here. Uh, a little bit later, U.S. Marshal Sam Gerard and his team arrive at the scene. As we get, we meet Sam Gerard. Uh, Sam is is very assertive, also very kind of sarcastic yeah. as well. Um, this the the second guard, the one with the shotgun, is he's on camera right now. He's describing himself as a hero. Oh yeah, he would have done the same for me. And talking about his uh, his partner, right? And immediately Gerard calls BS. Oh, it like, tears you know, it some, down. Something's off here. Takes over the operations from the local sheriff. They find empty leg irons, uh, and they've declared Kimball to be a fugitive. Yeah, the the fugitive. The not a uh, or or an fugitive. <laughs> right. <laughs> the the fugitive. La fugitive. <laughs> um, why is it that I've obviously never been a law enforcement officer, but. Obviously, chain of command seems very important in mm-hmm. law enforcement. Yet, whenever the feds show up, why do the local guys always get so butt hurt when they have to give up <laughs> their operation? Like, like because again, you do you see them constantly? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, you know, like, like die, die hard is what I think. Of. Like ranking is very important yeah. in in the in you know in uh, being a law enforcement officer. But yeah, like the. U.S. Marshals show up. We're going to take over this case, and the sheriff's like, "You, you are not like, dude. You're, you're county. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not even a state guy." But it's like, yeah, it's like rank only. Well, I know the answer. Rank only matters when I get to use it. Uh huh. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't want you used on me, but it is funny. It's like, no, no, you lose. But yeah, like you said, when when the FBI show up and die hard, and yeah, well, I better get some more FBI guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> So Kimball's on the run, Oz. Uh, he, st- he steals a mechanic's coveralls to blend in. He sneaks into a local hospital. Uh, he's got a wound on his side that he treats. He shaves. Uh, he steals some you know, more clothes and food. Uh, he actually chats with a police officer on his way out of the hospital. Says, yeah, he, I fit the description of the fugitive, yeah. only, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. without the facial hair. Yeah, looking right in the mirror. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Steals an ambulance, they ID him, they follow him in a helicopter, and eventually they trap him in, like, a viaduct tunnel. Yeah. Uh, he escapes down a, down a storm drain, and he's going through these, these, like, storm drain tunnels, and eventually it's just him and Gerard. Gerard loses his footing. Kimball gets his gun. Yeah. Holds it on him, but eventually he comes to the end of the line, Oz, and it... And, Kimball is staring at a, I'm guessing what is probably a good fifteen thousand foot drop because that's yeah. what it that's what they've made it look yeah. like. He's on, he's at the Hoover Dam. Basically. Yes, <laughs> he's at the Hoover Dam on top of Mount Everest. Where? Okay. Well, no, he's not back in Chicago yet. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Never mind. I was going to say, where is this dam located around Chicago? But he's not back there yet. It's the Kankakee River. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. It was they they did they they went through nevada on their way to southern illinois yeah it's you know they didn't have tolls if you go that way right (laughs) so he's at he's at uh you know the top of this this big dam and gerard had pulled his his second weapon so he's got it on him give it up and of course kimball gives the i didn't kill my wife line and gerard gives the iconic i don't care i know it i it bothered me but at the same time just I, I love that exchange. Yeah. Like, 
Like, he's just he's doing his job. Yeah, like yeah, you get it. Gerard at that point really yeah. doesn't care. Yeah, I'm not the court. Yeah, like oh, I I just like that's that's the line of this movie that really sticks with. It's just that look on his face when he's like, I don't care because he's supposed to be the good guy. Like, yeah. and that's such like a just a blase. I really don't care that you're like, oh, yeah. you're not the good guy. Richard Kibble's the good guy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't kill my wife. All right. Find that man. <laughs> you find that man, Devlin McGregor. That one comes later. <laughs> that one, that's one for you, Groats. Uh, and so uh, Kimball has no other choice. He takes a header yeah. off, Tur- of, off Tur- of this dam. Turns himself into a rag doll and just throws himself off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how he didn't move yeah. at all. He was, his, his so, he was so calm on that trip down. <laughs> it's, it's Harrison, he's a character actor. Yeah, it's he, true. He, right. he, he really gets into character. And, and in he, this one, he was in person. He was a. He's like he's just channeling his you know his Woody from Toy Story as he goes <laughs> limp when Andy's around. <laughs> so he limply jumps off. <laughs> What a limp jump. Yeah. And ends up in, I don't know if it's the Ohio or what river is down here or whatever. The, but, but the he, river. He ends up in the river because he is the fugitive. Uh, and eventually he comes ashore and, and yeah, he ends up at a truck stop, gets catches a ride up to Chicago. He, he really lucked out. like He did. He did, yeah. Uh, nothing, no no physical damage at all done to Richard Kimball. And that helps. So, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. this is the takeaway. If you find yourself in need of taking a 7,000-foot jump, yeah. um, just let your body go limp, uh-huh. and you'll be fine. Just don't get hurt. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just good advice, too. Just don't get hurt. Just do that, and yeah. you'll be fine. Just take the necessary steps to not get hurt, and just you'll be fine. Just don't get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> We'll put. We'll put. Yeah, yeah. So uh, again, he catches a ride from somebody, and and I love the editing in, in this this little sequence here. He catches a ride from a woman going, and he goes north. It cuts back to Gerard's team. We got we got a call. They they found him in Whiting. He he got a ride from a woman. They they tracked her. Yeah. And you think immediately that it's it's Kimball. It turns out it's Copeland, because they're U.S. Marshals. They're right. also tracking Copeland down. Right. And so Gerard's team descends on the house that Copeland is in, and uh, Gerard ends up shooting him. Yeah, Copeland yeah. got the drop on on the rookie because every one of these these squads has to have a has to have a rookie. No, there's to, always a rookie. It needs to be taught a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Gerard shoots Copeland and yeah. tells the rookie, "I don't bargain." Uh, in the meantime, Kimball's back in Chicago. Oz, he's in Chicago. I joined an Italian beef. All right. Yeah, he's, you did. You see him. He's down there on the pier. Uh-huh. Beef in one hand. Uh, take, <laughs> taking in a Sox game. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get some extra, extra jalapenos? He and John Cusack are getting a beer. They are. Bill Murray's there, yeah, too. Yeah, Bill Murray's there. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's, you know he's in Chicago. He calls his attorney on, on a bridge uh, near, near a near a, a bridge uh, by an L track asks for money the attorney declines he, Kimball says I'm in St. Louis uh, we get we then get one of my favorite little sequences in this movie because it really shows how well Gerard's team operates uh-huh. so this attorney must have you know sent the recording of the call over to Gerard's office and they're trying they're listening you know to the 
to what Kimball's saying. They're listening to the background, and they and despite the fact that Kimball says I'm in St. Louis, they're listening to all the noises, and they're like, "That sounds like an elevated train." Yeah, that sounds like a bell. And then you know, like they listen to like the there's like a, a speaker from the local train station. Turns out that Kimball is six blocks away from where Gerard's team right. is located there in Chicago. And that wasn't even scripted. That was just all Tommy Lee Jones and his knowledge, yeah. his knowledge of elevated trains across America. Uh huh. That doesn't sound. That doesn't sound like right. the New York elevated train. Right. That sounds like a Chicago. Yeah. Because you can you can hear the wheels on the Jardinera. It's. <laughs> that's right. They're squeaky. Yeah. Uh, Kimball ends up renting a room uh, with with a Polish family, and he sneaks into Cook County Hospitalized and goes to the prosthetics clinic and lab. I wonder what he's up to. Uh, he steals an ID from a custodian, gets some clothes. Concurrently, Gerard's team interviews Nichols, uh, yeah. who Kimball had also talked with. And I said, hey, I saw Kimball this morning, but I'm not going to help. Richard is innocent, and he's too smart for you. You're not going to catch him. Right. And you know what? He's right. Like, top to bottom, everything Nichols told him, he's right. Yeah. Uh, Kimball... Uh, ends up, uh, he, he goes and talks to Jane Lynch's character because I think she helped with his research. I think that was the yeah, role. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, there's a little, cir- you know, circuitous plot there. But um, they, uh, back back at uh, back at his new place, the police have surrounded the place, Oz. Yeah. My heart was erasing at this moment <laughs> in the movie. There's one thing I'll give Dr. Richard Kimball credit for is he's a slippery guy. He is. You know, he <laughs> finds a way out of every predicament, and a lot of times the way out happens to be an extremely wide-open window. Or <laughs> Like, <laughs> these police don't do a very good job of surrounding the place. <laughs> Secure the perimeter. Right. Uh, Ex- sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Except, except for the east-facing wall. Leave that one alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out that uh, the police were there not for Kimball, but to arrest the son of the... Of the Right. The land, the landlady, the landowner there. That, and um, so they bring it back to the station, and, and he ends up IDing Kimball. Yeah. But again, not till after they have him back at the station, giving Kimball enough time to recognize what's going on, and and uh, not go back there. Uh, that night, he sneaks back into Cook County Hospital and goes back to the prosthetics lab disguised as a janitor. Uh, he breaks into their database, gets the name of uh, five people who had the specific type of prosthetic arm that he right. encountered on that side of his body. And so basically he's trying to track down who the killer is. Yeah. That, that, that's the whole point as to what he's doing. Yeah. As he leaves, the the ER is bustling. It's a big, big night in Chicago. Uh, Dr. Eastman, Julianne Moore's character, is leading there. Um, she asks Kimball to bring a kid to a different room, and as Kimball uh, wheels the kid away... Julianne Moore's character, Dr. Eastman, sees Kimball kind of looking at, at the kid's x-rays and knows yeah. him through his file. Uh, in the elevator, Kimball is very kind with the child, very comforting, uh, diagnose, di- corrects the diagnosis, changes the order, sends the kid to surgery, and saves his life. Yeah, he's very... Uh, it's like this is his Clark Kent Superman moment. Mm-hmm. You know, like you see, a, you see a lot of that in the Superman films of Clark trying to stay disguised but still save the day and uh, yes um do you think that's common in hospitals for doctors to ask janitors to run patients around oh all the time yeah yeah oh yeah all, all the time part of the job description mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it, it just like when that happened i was like really like just 
janitor, take this kid to this area. I, I think it's even more common for them to expect the janitors to correctly to correct the <laughs> diagnosis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually it's such a prestigious hospital that doctors are staffed as janitors. Yeah. You just have to wait your turn. <laughs> you have to that's how you earn your way up through the room. It's ranks. one of the it's like one of those Japanese schools where the students are also the custodians, like they sweep the floors and everything yeah. at the end of the yeah. day, just to really give a lot of like school yes. pride. It's that everyone kind of a, everyone on yeah. staff is a trained medical doctor. Yeah. Cook, Ev- Cook, everyone. Cook County Medical is that way. <laughs> that's that's how they do things. Yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> so Eastman kind of investigates uh and she ends up confronting Kimball and calls security on him. Um Later, Gerard talks with Eastman, and she tells him what happened. He saved that boy's life. And then Gerard and, and Cosmo, Joey Pants' character, later talk <laughs> Ger- about... Why Gerard would- looks at her and goes, I don't care. Did <laughs> <laughs> he save the boy's life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what other points in this movie would, would that line be, be appropriate or not for? He saved that boy's life. I, I don't, don't care. care. My job is to catch Kimball. I don't care <laughs> right. that he saved that boy's life. That's great for the kid, but <laughs> does it help me? No, it doesn't help me get any closer to Kimball. <laughs> so Gerard and Cosmo talk about why would Kimball be so stupid as to come back to this place crawling with cops? And so they kind of start to put the put together that he's trying to, to solve his wife's murder. Right. Kimball ends up... Uh, researching the five people from the database he got uh he ends up uh, going to cook county jail because one of them is presently there and he talks to the man clearly recognizes him he's he's not the man right um in the meantime gerard's team has also kind of run their own search because they're trying to see where kimball will go and so they end up arriving to the to the to the jail uh as, as kimball is kind of leaving and Gerard recognizes Kimball. Yeah, They're going down a staircase, and he and he and he thinks he he thinks he he sees him, and he goes, "I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now Gerard yells, "Kimball!" Yeah, and of course, it's just, Kimball. I looks. think he just yelled, yeah. "Richard," didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's right. He yells, "Richard!" And and Kimball turns and looks, and then takes off running. We get a, a great little kind of cat and mouse case uh, yeah. chase scene here. Because, of course, as you said before, there's always nice coincidences for Kimball. The St. Patrick's Day Parade is yeah, right outside. Yeah. Ferris Bueller was in this parade. <laughs> he, he, was. <laughs> he was. He jumped there, on the float as he was yeah. singing Don Quixote. <laughs> yeah, there was a choreographed dance sequence and everything. Right. <laughs> Abe Froman, the Sausage King of Chicago, had a car. And... Mia Sarah was there. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was there. Yeah. And so he ends up getting away because he blends into the, uh, into the parade. Um Shortly later, he enters a he enters a boarded up home in broad daylight. It's the one-armed man's house. Yeah. He sees a photo of the man, so he recognizes him. This is the guy, Oz. It's the one-armed man. Uh, he sees him with another doctor that Kimball knows, uh, Lentz, Dr. Yeah. Lentz. Yeah. He sees pay stubs from Devlin McGregor, who makes the drug <laughs> of the future, Provasic. Gerard then gets a call from Kimball. Kimball calls Gerard's office tells Gerard, I just found a big piece of evidence, doesn't hang up, allowing them to trace the call. Right. Purpose. I mean, you, yes. like, mm-hmm. you know it's done on purpose. I mean, he keeps him talking. Or, yeah, like, because yeah. he just sets the phone down knowing yeah. he's going to be traced. But it's yeah. like, Richard Kimball is the smartest person in the universe. Yeah, well, it's it's like Nichols said. Yeah, he's, he's you too smart. You're not yeah. going to catch him. It's like, you know, it's like, a lot of times you see, you see, like, 
well-educated people lack the skills in certain areas, but not Richard mm-hmm. Kimball. Like, he's good at everything. He like he he was the best janitor on staff that day. He was. He, at, he, at won, Cook him, he won employee. He won employee of the month. Yeah, right in that <laughs> in that short time he was there. Yeah, he was there for one day. <laughs> well, how many other janitors have, have kept the, kept the place spotless and saved a kid's life? You know, he also won employee of the month while he was here. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, oh god, where were we? So he's he calls Gerard. Gerard's team goes there. Uh, they're dusting for prints. Um, Kimball had set aside a photo of Sykes, who's the, the name of the one around, right. and, and Lentz for Gerard to find. And Gerard immediately thinks Sykes is dirty because Sykes has returned home and he's very kind of obstinate. He tells, <laughs> "Let's not kid ourselves. Look at the guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just he looks like like he's, a criminal. He looks like Dracula. Like, yeah, I mean, they make him up to look. Oh my too. gosh! And yes, like, like, like his personality, very prickly personality. It's like he's, he wears yeah, a he, like ankle length trench coat everywhere he goes. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, you know, he's he's an ex cop. He runs security for Devlin McGregor. Right. So he's he's clearly in, involved. Which there. good for Devlin McGregor, because here's a man clearly not equipped to be like head security. Like he only has one arm. But they're still, but they're open minded enough to be like, yes, yes. You know, good good for Devlin McGregor. Mm-hmm. Very in- inclusive workplace. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, Kimball gets Nichols on the phone. And he says, he found the, I, I found the killer. I found the one-armed man. And Lentz is behind it. So he thinks Lentz, you know, the other doctor from yeah. the photo is behind it. Lentz knew that Kimball found a flaw in Devlin McGregor's new drug, Provasic, and that the FDA wouldn't approve it based on Kimball's research. Right. Uh, Nichols says Lentz is dead. He died in a car accident the previous summer. So how long, how long was Kimball in prison? 27 years. <laughs> Didn't age a day though. No, didn't age a day. You know, like it's a long bus trip. <laughs> we're gonna keep him twenty-seven years with lethal injection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I just because that that was the first time in the movie when they had mentioned he Lentz died in a car accident last mm-hmm. summer. That I was like, how long has Kimball been in prison? Because they never state it, and everything at the beginning of this movie happens so quickly. Yeah, that they never establish how long he was there. Well, almost, well, and it, I mean, with the trial and everything, you figure there was months with the investigation yeah. and, the, and all the legal proceedings. This yeah, probably you know at least a year and a half to two years later. But you know, you just it just see like I don't know, like it for me. Sometimes the timetable of the events of the film, you know, yeah. like like him getting a ride from Southern Illinois to Chicago, no big deal. I'm, I, it's a good thing that lady was headed that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that he didn't have to like car hop several times to get where he was going, um, but it it just yeah you know, just sometimes you're like it's not clear how much time has passed. Yeah. So later on, Gerard confronts Nichols again, and Nichols lies. He says, "I I don't know Lentz," because Gerard asked him, "You know, you know who this guy is." Um, and and so Gerard's just kind of confused. You know, it's I thought I had something here, but I guess not. Uh, Sykes concurrently, Sykes get a call gets a call from someone. He gets his gun, um, calls the fire department to his neighbor's house so he could distract the cops who are outside his home so he can get out. Yeah, Sykes is also a bright guy. He's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. Kimball takes the samples, the samples from the research. He shouldn't to, have done to, that to, to, to Doctor Jane Lynch, who confirms that the samples have been switched. Doctor Jane Lynch. <laughs> Doctor Jane Lynch. I whatever. She's right. Doctor Jane Lynch. Doctor Sue Sylvester. 
So here's the, the oh my god mo- moment here, Oz. Lentz had signed off on the research the day he died, so someone else is involved, and Oz, Oz! Who is it? Kimball realizes it's been Nichols no. the whole time. Oh my god. Not that smug guy. I will admit, it did surprise me, but it's it didn't surprise me at this point. Like, mm-hmm. Prior to this, you sniffed it out that Nichols is not necessarily the good guy. Early on, though, like, no, you felt he was on Kimball's side. And then as it rolled out, you're like, as soon as you heard that Lentz died in a car accident, you're like, oh, Nichols is behind it. Yeah. It was still a good twist. I'm not denying that. But it was, but if you just found out about it when Dr. Jane Lynch revealed, then you were a little late. <laughs> like, cause, <laughs> Dr. Jane Lynch. Because <laughs> it was really late out there. So, um, let's see. It's, so it's revealed that Nichols, yeah, Nichols lied to Gerard about knowing Lentz, and he was actually Lentz's boss. Uh, that night, Sykes gets off the phone with, with someone again who says he's marked and he follows Kimball. Uh, Gerard's team uncovers that Lentz was killed very gruesomely. Uh, and a hit and run. He was a pedestrian. Got pinned on Lake. He was like taking a jog or something. He got right. pinned by a car. Uh, Kimball. So we're in the third act here, Oz. Kim, Kimball takes the L somewhere. Uh, he's recognized by a passenger as Kimball. Uh, yeah. And he goes and tells Officer Neil Flynn. Yeah, Officer Janitor. Everybody. Officer, everybody's Officer got janitor. janitorial experience in this. Yeah, movie. it's it's that's the through line <laughs> in this movie. That's why they kept Kimball for twenty seven years and didn't give him the lethal injection. He was so good at cleaning he's, up after he's himself. He was a janitor. He was a good janitor. They just followed him around with the needle, like the <laughs> syringe. Ah, you missed the spot. You, you gotta pick that up. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they do things. Yeah. Ah ah ah. Give him some Windex. Here you go. Right away, sir. Uh, so they get so uh, so just as Officer Neil Flynn is is descending on Kimball, Sykes pops into frame. Oh yeah. So like, Sykes is there. Yeah. Because he had turned into a bat just outside of his house and flew. Yes. Like like Sykes. <laughs> Okay, L trains don't have hidden compartments. Yet Sykes just pops up like he's been crouched down behind him. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, he was just hiding in his seat. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> like he does, he just steps into frame. He does, yeah. and I'm like, it, it, it is a cool shot. But you yeah, remember, yeah. Where where was he prior to stepping right, into frame? Yeah, it's like because yeah, it's just, yeah, cool <laughs> shot. But it really doesn't hold when you yeah. think about it. <laughs> I, th- I thought about that. That was actually going to be a possible huzz. Where where was Sykes right. prior to popping in a frame? Because he's, you... he's, just, he's just crouching down. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they get in a big fisticuff. Uh, Sykes ends up shooting uh, into Officer Janitor. And um, Kimball ends up punching out Sykes, handcuffs him to, to, uh, to a bar in the L. And, of course, we get a great Harrison Ford action line. You missed your stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad Kimball, again, being the smartest man in the universe, was smart enough to handcuff his good hand to the rail <laughs> and not his prosthetic hand to the rail. Yeah. I don't think he would have <laughs> gotten loose. <clears throat> Gerard's team is on the way. The radio says Kimball shot a cop. Yeah. So Chicago, so CPD has issued a shoot-to-kill order Yeah. on on, uh, on Kimball here. Which, which is okay because, again, he's already on borrowed time because... He's escaped the lethal injection. (laughs) So Kimball is, he's either going to die or solve this case. Yes. No matter which way he turns. 
So Kimball ends up at this. At the, uh, there's a big speaking engagement that Nichols is at on behalf of Devlin McGregor. Uh, so Nichols is on the board of Devlin McGregor. Kimball walks in as Nichols is speaking about Provasic, about how safe and effective it is, and that it has no side effects, to, contrary to <laughs> no, Kimball's research. With absolutely no side effects. Like, yes. <laughs> this is the only drug on the planet with no side effects. <laughs> Absolutely no side effects, yeah. Uh, Nichols sees Kimball, and he starts kind of stumbling over his lines, right. and you know, the crowd starts gasping. And right there, Kimball, Kimball gives some of those those great Kimball Harrison Ford lines. Yeah. You, you switched the samples after Lentz died. <laughs> he falsified his research so that Devlin McGregor can give you Provasic. Yeah. It doesn't really, like, it's a great scene, but the dialogue... And like the to- like the topic of the dialogue is pretty boring. Yeah, right? yeah, it's, it's medical research. Exactly, right. and pharmaceuticals. Uh, so Nichols and Kimball end up in a side room, and Nichols attacks him. Nichols just physically. Attacks oh yeah, him. like he just comes at him. He's a big dude too. Yeah, he is. They have kind of a weird fight. <clears throat> yeah, it is. I think we'll we'll come up a little later. Well, as well but it's, it's kind of a weird fight. Neither one. I mean, they're both doctors, so I guess that's one area they probably don't have a lot of experience in is like pugilism. <laughs> <laughs> pugilism. That was Nichols minor. Yeah, I my yeah pugilism. Yeah, whereas Kimball minored in fencing. So yeah, well, I mean, he can handle a, a, a janitor's mop. Fine. That's true. Yep, he loved the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> he did. <laughs> So they end up on the roof. Gerard ends up on there as well because Gerard's team has descended on there. Gerard tells him, call off, call off the helicopter. Why? Because I don't want to get shot. <laughs> uh, Kimball and Nichols crash through a skylight, fall unconscious into an elevator. They end up coming to on a, on a, a the world's largest laundromat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so an entire floor of this hotel, yeah. this conference it's, center, it's is, is a la- very laundry large, floor. Yeah. 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 Uh, so the the, fi- the climactic scene here, it's Nichols, Kimball, Cosmo, and Gerard are all there on, on the mm-hmm. laundry floor. Gerard yells to Kimball, the whole building's locked down, CPD thinks you're a cop killer, I know you're innocent. So he finally says it, he finally believes yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Nichols drops Cosmo, there's like, an, for some reason there's like an I-beam on like chains and like a rail here, and Nichols like basically hits Cosmo oh, in the oh face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I had read in the trivia that originally Cosmo's character was supposed to die. Really? But uh, Joey Pants talked them into letting his character live in case there was a sequel, which there was. Yeah. Yeah, he, that, he took that. Ooh. That, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, like, like probably like a, like, a, like a ton. Yeah. Like a literal ton to the face. Because you um, see it coming, and it's like, the, it's one of those where the chains are moving faster than the beam because the beam's slightly behind. Uh-huh. And then Ooh. it just smacks just, him in the face. Just crushes him. Yeah. Uh, Nichols picks up Cosmo's gun, goes to shoot Gerard, but then Kimball gets the drop on Nichols, hits him with a pipe. Because he, he took a trick right out of Sykes' book of, I'm going to hide in plain sight. Yeah. Because <laughs> where Nichols picks it up, you know, Nichols picks it up, and, and Kimball is like, we don't see him standing behind that whatever, that we'll call it a washing machine or whatever. Yeah. But where Nichols was standing, he should have seen Kimball standing right there. Like, he yeah. would have been in his peripheral vision. Yeah, yeah, he was right there. But, again, it's a movie. Whatever. So, they, Gerard ends up taking Kimball out in cuffs, but they get him in the car and he uncuffs him. Um, <laughs> I, and I thought you didn't care. 
I don't. Don't tell anybody, okay? <laughs> right. Then they kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then they share a tender moment. Right. <laughs> they gently lean into each other. <laughs> right. They kind of ru- like nuzzle temples together. <laughs> and that said, they drive away as the credits roll. Oz. And that, my friend, is 1993's Andrew Davis helmed uh, The Fugitive. The Fugitive. At this point in the show, folks, Oz and I each give our own unique rating to the film in question. In this case, The Fugitive, not A Fugitive or N Fugitive. The Fugitive. Oz, Lo- I would, Los Fugitive. <laughs> how, would, how would you rate this flick? I'm going to give this eight prosthetic arms. Eight, that's, that's a good rating, eight yeah. prosthetic arms. It's a good movie. It is. What yeah. do you got? I'm going to go with 92 switched samples. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I wonder that's how many switched samples there were. Because there was a lot of, it's like a kidney medicine. And there was a lot, like, how many kidneys did Kimball have to go through on this trial to, like, build up enough of a case to know that it was wrong? Yeah. It's, it's a, lot of, a lot of kidneys he went yeah. through. It's Chicago Med. There's a lot of patients. It's Chicago. No, Cook County Med. Cook County, yeah. It's the only hospital in the entire county. <laughs> the entire state. Yeah. <laughs> it's a national hospital. It is. <laughs> next up, folks, our next segment, Outside Insights. Folks, Oz and I have been scouring the interwebs, searching for unprofessional reviews that tickle our funny bones, and we hope they tickle yours as well. Oz, what is your Outside Insight? I have a one-star review from Beck Shilly on Letterboxd. Okay. Uh, they say, The Fugitive, starring this guy, that guy from Star Wars, Han, Fo- Han Solo versus uh, Autorities, Another film highlighting the brutality of the American law enforcement system. Similar to a primary school game of cops and robbers, featuring a few more trees, and this one scene where a prison brush crashes. One star. That's one scene. Yeah. It's like cops and robbers, but with a few more trees. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Beck Shelley. That was left uh, September of 2016. Mm, Okay. What do you got? Uh, my uh, my outside insight uh, outside insight comes from the Internet Movie Database. This is a two out of ten review from Quadrophenia, left in April of 2020. It's a relatively recent as the time of this recording. Yeah. So watch this movie again on Blu-ray. At the start of the movie, the wife get, gets hit by a heavy object and has a hemorrhage, but still able to phone the police. I don't know. She still looked okay to me. <laughs> well, buddy, there's a job waiting for you at Cook County Med. <laughs> I hope he's got custodial experience. Ah, oh, no, she looked okay. <laughs> she looked okay to me. <laughs> I guess he should have roughed her up a little bit more. <laughs> she had a hammerage. Yeah, I hate those. Uh-uh, hammerage, yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Hey, it's time for our <laughs> signature segment, the three, two, one, in which Oz and I each share three goods, two bads, and one ha huh, about the film in question. In this case, The Fugitive. Oz, what are your three goods? My first good is something we mentioned earlier on. This movie wastes no time getting started. Um, yes. Oh, it and, just jumps right yeah, in. Yeah, and and I like that where yeah. you because there wasn't there wasn't a need to introduce all of our characters before this happens. So I really like how we start with the crime and then we meet the we meet the the, the key players as the movie rolls out. So that's my first good. Second one, Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, oh yeah. Just absolutely amazing performance. Um you know, it's like uh, so much of his especially what we know of his law enforcement characters or like his men in black characters. And yeah. this is a little bit of Agent J 
Um, but just so much more. Um, it, he reminds me of a little bit in The Usual Suspects. I think it is the head detective. Is that Chaz Palminteri? I think so, yeah. Um, where when he's in there with Kaiser Soze all the time, hitting him up, you know. But there's one scene where he leaves the interrogation room to come out and get coffee. And as soon as the door closes behind him, he smiles and relaxes. Yeah. Because he's just, he's at work. It's yeah, his it's job. It's his job. Yeah, yeah it's, it's his yeah, job. It's, it's his job. And so I really get that vibe from um, Gerard in this movie, too, of like, I'm just doing my job. Yeah. And it really comes through with that exchange and, and the tunnel with, I didn't yeah. kill my wife. I don't care. Like I don't care. Yeah, it's like, I understand this is impacting your, your entire life, but it's just yeah. my job. And so... Uh, to ride that through line through the entire mm-hmm. movie of just really being this hardworking, flippant, but yet this is just my job. Yeah. I, I, I think it was a great performance. Yeah, it gave a good, like, every man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and my third good is uh, that, that Nichols twist um, mm-hmm. because we, we knew as soon as we saw Sykes, somebody was behind him. Like, when we saw her die at the beginning of the movie... We didn't know if it was a home invasion. We, you know, we just didn't know. Because um, it could have been any of those. Somebody broke into a doctor's house. Yeah, that makes sense. But as the movie went on, and as soon as we met Sykes, we realized this guy didn't... I mean, as soon as you see him, you just know he didn't act alone. Yeah. And so watching that unfold, it did surprise me when I realized it was Nichols. I, but it, by the time the movie told us it was Nichols, it I already knew, but... Is still it's like oh man like because he was his closest confidant you know mm-hmm. and yeah. and he you could tell there really was a friendship there yeah uh, but Nichols was twisted and so I did I like that Nichols yeah, twist yeah it, it was a good twist yeah that but was one you, you didn't like you you eventually picked up on right. you didn't see right away no no not at all so and it and it wasn't anything like Shyamalan either like to where yeah. it was some way out of left field twist it was just <laughs> turns out gerard was dead the whole time <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and, but he didn't care so i see u.s marshals <laughs> <laughs> so those are my three goods what do you got uh my first good i'm gonna go with uh just the cat and mouse between kimball and gerard's team like just the back and forth between them um how um how like gerard's team like how they work the problems and, and all that like the scene yeah you know, the scene the scene, like I, like I mentioned before, the scene where they they're they're dropping all the sound and they figure out how Kimball's in Chicago. So yeah, I just I love that cat and mouse, cat, cat and mouse, and how Gerard, how functional Gerard's team. Well, is. and I like it because they had, like, if you are a U.S. Marshal, you are likely the top of your field, mm-hmm. and so to allow, like, to allow them to figure that out was was pretty on point. You know, it would have been different if, like, our, our two meathead Chicago cops would have been like, you know, like, because you just, you look at these two and you know, like, okay, you guys are just, like, like city detectives. Like, you're you're probably not going to pick up that clue as yeah. quickly. Whereas, I mean, you could tell that Gerard and his crew deserve to be at the level they're at because they're good. Well, the one cop couldn't see the clue in the first place. No, his mustache. no, he couldn't see that. It was pretty big. He had glasses on anyway. It was like yeah. <laughs> very dark tinted glasses. It's like Doctor well. Bunsen burner <laughs> with a mustache. Yes, yeah, with a mustache. Yeah. But my my second good. You want Tommy Lee Jones? I'm going to go Harrison Ford. I thought Harrison Ford was great. He was great. He yeah. Was great. It's 
you know, it's a, the the role itself. The performance is a little more subdued than some of his iconic, you know, like an Indiana Jones or a Han Solo type type role. But um, you know, still, you know, had it had that Harrison Ford gravity to him. Yeah. But but it didn't get so, you know, like kind of hokey, like action hokey. It, like it, it could have. Like it, it could have. It very easily could have. There's a couple moments where it almost did, but overall, I, I really really liked Harrison Ford's performance uh, in this movie. Uh, and then my last, uh, my last good, I'm going to go with uh, just the scene in the hospital with the kid and Julianne Moore. Yeah. Um, you know, Kimball took a huge chance to stop and help that kid. He could have just, just walked out to save himself, but instead right. he saved the kid. Gives more insight into his character. Uh, and it also, it, it, it eventually, that's kind of where, you know, uh, Gerard's team starts putting things together. I as think well. so. Had, had yeah. he not done that, had right. he not taken the risk to linger there, they probably wouldn't have been like, why was he at the hospital? And and then, why was he looking at prosthetics? Right. So, those are my three goods. Oz, what are your two bads for The Fugitive? Uh, with the two-hour runtime, it is... This, this isn't Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Um, the movie gets really slow between the dam jump and the stair chase when Kimball's doing his detective work. Yeah. Like uh, it, it's and so it 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 really slowed down there. It's still good and quality and watchable, but the beginning was so quick, fast paced, and action packed that after the dam jump, it everything just kind of stops. Sure. And unlike Fury Road, where where everything does stop once they get to the green place mm-hmm. and decide to turn around, that's more of a breather for the audience. Yeah. You know, okay, but, go hit the bathroom. Right, yeah, but but it, but in this case, like this one, it was like forty five minutes of just slow, um, yeah. and so to get all ramped up and then and then really slam on the brakes until that stair chase scene, uh, it just that's it was just a little slow was all. So that's yeah. my first bat. And my second one is <laughs> making Sykes look so obviously bad guy. Like yeah, <laughs> um, he does. It, like he he just he just he just looks like a creep. Yeah, and and it's like it just it was a little it not a little it was just heavy handed was all. Yeah. Like we established Sykes as the bad guy, fine, but you made him look like a stereotypical bad guy. Like you asked a five year old, what does a bad guy look like? And he's like, well, he's got a long coat and. Uh, well, no, he a five year old wouldn't tell you as sunken eyes and a yeah you know, it's like everything about this guy was like yeah you're evil. Well, well some of that I'll say Andreas Katsoulis's performance. Oh yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, yeah, nothing on him at all. But it, it's just like you look at this guy, you're like you're a henchman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way that you were the only figure in doing this because you're you just look like a henchman. Yeah, like straight out of a Bond movie. Yeah, so that's my second bad was just making him look so obviously bad guy. Yeah. So what's your what are your two bads? Uh, my first one, I'm gonna go with uh, Jérôme Crabbe. I'm assuming it's French. I don't know. His performance kind of bothered me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He just he didn't sell it for me. No. Uh, I, I think I read in the trivia that he actually they had somebody else cast in that role, and he was kind of a late ad. I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not. Again, it wasn't a terrible performance, right. but and he con- he was the Nichols character for those of you that aren't yes. looking at the cast list. Yes. Yeah. His his performance as Nichols, I thought, I don't know, just it it could have been better. Well, and he, I think I think he was a little miscast. Six years prior to this, he he played a Bond villain. 
and he played this role like a Bond villain. Yeah. Just very matter of fact. I'm better than you. Like, mm-hmm. and and it's like you're, you're, you're not. But whatever. Yeah. So so that's my first bad is is his his casting and performance. Um, my my second bad. I'm, I got a couple couple possibilities here. I'm gonna go with my. Um, <laughs> I'll go with. Well, I both love and hate the depiction of of the Chicago cops. Like yeah. it's it's fun to make fun of, but right. at the same time, it's like, like they're probably better at their most cops are better at their jobs in this. Yeah, and and you know, like when they get like you know, like when they think that Kimball shot the you know shot the, the transit cop, they're like, you shoot him on sight. Oh yeah, so just straight to so it. Like forget forget the marshals, kill on sight. Yeah, and it's and so it's like there's like a revenge factor there, like yeah. a vengeance to it. Well, and like as soon as that they found that out, they're throwing helicopters at it. Like it's like a full citywide, like oh, he downed one of ours. Like send yeah. up a chopper. You know, it's like yeah, it's not even your case anymore, and you're mm-hmm. like, we don't care what the marshals say. Yeah, and and again, I, I as you and I, we love to make fun of the Chicago stereotype, and this yeah. movie gives us plenty of opportunities oh, yeah. to do that. But at the same time, it's a little annoying. It is, well. yeah. Like it that's is. the depiction of Chicago, right. you know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, that's just because I think we're soft-hearted. Like we like to tease, but this is almost like mean teasing. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and again, these two guys appear in a lot in several Andrew Davis movies. So, right. and they always play like these types of characters. So, I guess that's my second bad, which is both kind of a good and a bad, I guess. So, hey, Oz, what's your huff for the fugitive? Um, does everyone automatically recognize the U.S. Marshal's badge? Because <laughs> there were several times in this movie where Gerard's trying to get somewhere and somebody's holding him up and he just opens his wallet or, you know, opens his badge, shuts it, and and they just let him pass. Mm-hmm. Now, the U.S. Marshal's badge is it, what it looked like was just like a star with, a, you know, embedded in yeah. a circle. So it looks like something you could pick up at just like a costume store. Yeah, you get out of, out of like a quarter machine. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but he just flashes it. And, oh, yeah, 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 go right ahead. It's like, so apparently all you have to have is uh, determination, a matter-of-fact attitude, and a yeah. cheap-looking badge. You can get anywhere you want. Hmm. So That reminds me of, the, there's a great Simpsons scene uh, where they were doing like an X-Files setup. Uh-huh. This is right when the Simpsons was in like the last throes of being good before uh-huh. they started getting bad. Uh, and they had both Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny on it. They were basically playing Mulder and Scully. Right, right. And Mulder introduces himself. I think it was—I don't know—it was to the Simpsons or whatnot. And you see his wallet open up, and it's—and it has like the badge and it says FBI, but the picture is of like is of Mulder in a speedo. <laughs> 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 and and it, and he says it like like Agent Mulder FBI, FBI. and like <laughs> as you see what's on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that was my that was my ha. Huh? It's just how quickly everybody was accepting of the badge yeah. shown to them. Yeah, yeah, if you just say it with enough confidence. Yeah. Yeah. What's your huh? <laughs> My huh is <laughs> I, I debated about having this as a good or a bad because again this is another thing I both love and hate. It's it, there's a movie trope that's in this movie and uh-huh. it's very subtle. It's when he's breaking into the database in the hospital and he's trying to find you, you know he's going through the database trying to find people with a certain prosthetic. And you see the computer screen as he's punching in all this data and there's a running tally every time he updates his data fields Uh and like so like my ha is is there a guy in hollywood who they just keep (laughs) around to to write these like these computer programs to appear on screen to make it easy for the audience to recognize 
Oh, that's a good huh. Yeah. And how do I, and how do you get that job? Right, because like because like I'm sure that that database doesn't actually exist. That actual program, so it was written for yeah. this movie, right? Just so you, the audience, can see that number tally from like fifty-seven <laughs> to twenty-one to five. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my huh is who like who would Hollywood makes those programs? That's a and good how question. can I do that thing? Yeah, exactly. How do I get that job? <laughs> yeah, how do I be that guy? Because you're just you're likely on retainer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but you're probably in a very nice, comfortable living situation. Hey, so and so, we need a visual representation of something on a computer screen to dump something down for the audience. You in? I'm on it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> oh, so that's the fugitive. That's the fugitive. That was episode eighty nine. 89 good movie the yeah it really was very it's, good movie yeah i had like, to, i i didn't realize until it was on this month's theme that it was based on a television show yep so like from the so the 40s or something like that probably not because there probably wasn't much tv in the 40s i think it was early <laughs> early 60s yeah that made that's probably a little more right yeah <laughs> it, it, it was on right after the fdr address yeah exactly yeah <laughs> Yeah, we we this just did. We're going to interrupt your this week's episode fire, of the Fugitive for fireside chat. <laughs> fireside chat by FDR. <laughs> Every week this happens. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but we will be back next week for round three of good movies based on TV mm-hmm. shows, where we are going to move to a different <laughs> genre of film. Yes, the comedy as we tackle. The Brady Bunch movie. What a fun movie. I'm glad because I was. Yeah. I like it. Yes. I, and when you text me, this movie's good. And at first I'm like, is he being sarcastic or not? Like, no, it, it had probably been, you know, a good 15 years since yeah. I've seen this movie. And I remember it being silly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I watched it again recently just in prep and uh, it's it's funny. It is. It's, it, it, is it really is. Movie. It's, it's, uh, I think it was directed, directed by a female, I believe, which. Goes a long way, really. Yeah, um, yeah Brady Bunch movie. Yeah, Betty yeah, Betty just, Thomas directed. It. Yeah, just silly movie. Doesn't take itself seriously, but but still, you know, it's still it doesn't sell out. The no show. No, no. You know, it, it 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 highlights what's both what's silly about it, but also that yeah, even though this era, you know, was kind of kind of odd, especially when you. When you portray it twenty years later, there was like a, like a wholesomeness to it as yeah. well. Yeah, I, it fall to me. I was thinking about this the other day after I watched it. It falls into that same category of movie for me as like Best in Show. Nope, mm-hmm. nope, 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 nope. Um, oh, what's the what's the cheerleading movie with Kirsten Dunst? Bring it on! Bring it on! Mm-hmm. Um, where like, if you're a fan of the show, you're gonna love this movie. Yeah. And if you like things to be made fun of, you're going to love this movie. Like, that's yeah. how I felt about or about Bring It On, was mm. cheerleaders are going to love it, and anti-cheerleaders are going to love it. Yes, it both celebrates and makes fun and, of it. And thing. so it's it's just that perfect combination that it's just it's just a fun watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so so we, we got that to look forward to. Yeah, we're going to cover that next week. So social media-wise, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. There is a link to Patreon down below. Uh, if you want to help us out. Otherwise, we will be back next week with the Brady Bunch movie. For Let's Talk About Flicks, I'm Oz. I'm Curtis. And we'll see you guys next week.